0: everybody, I'm Derek, I'm Blake, I'm Alex, and welcome to One
1: Hour One-Offs.
0: Every episode we will pit a DM versus a player in an epic duel.
1: The DM must create a one-off campaign designed for a single player that takes one real-life hour to complete.
2: At the end of that hour, no matter what, the session is over and a winner is determined.
0: We have a rotation of DMs and players as well as settings and systems set up to keep each episode fresh and exciting.
2: So, without further ado, welcome to, to One Hour One OS.
1: All right, let's uh, let's get it started, guys. Who is who this week?
2: Uh, all right, hey, I'm Derek. I'm DMing today.
1: I'm Alex. I will be playing i'm blake i'll be your moderator awesome
2: mm-hmm. and to get a bit into today's system and setting we'll be playing dungeons and dragons fifth edition of um, latest in i guess the long bloodline of dungeons and dragons one of the more yes, simple ones very um, long. it's pretty flexible as far as everything goes standard d20 system And setting-wise, we'll be playing in...
0: Thankfully no AD&D. Oh god, yeah.
2: (laughs) All your female characters have lower max strength caps. Thanks. Is that a thing? Uh, Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So for exceptional strength, like, female characters of, like, most of the races cannot be as exceptional as males can.
1: That's very... I'm going to use the word interesting. Mm,
2: Yes. There there are some questionable (laughs) things in AD&D. Anyways. Actually, I mean, the whole system is just a, on mass. I have a
1: quick, question: are there, are there rules for aging in 5e?
2: For, f- no, there are not.
1: Okay. Because I, I know there are in 3.5, and I also, that is actually, that could have been relevant.
2: Ah, uh, I see. But, nope, you're fine. Anyways, today's setting. Um, it's going to be pretty <laughs> generic fantasy. Uh, some sort of Middle Ages aesthetic. There are elves, goblins, orcs. Nothing too wild or past steampunk in terms of technology, though that shouldn't come up, unless Alex's character brings mm-hmm. it in, of course. And I think that's it for my end.
1: Alright. Um where where actually are we though? Like oh. is this uh like is this a desert, you know?
2: Uh okay, so we're in the woods, you're next to a cave, you were taking a short nap before dinner, and you've woken up to find your spice pouch missing. And that's our premise. Oh, no.
1: Yeah. All right. So, just before we, before we cut into the first scene, let me introduce Ka'arg Turoz. He is a six-foot-eight, 60-year-old half-orc, um, which is actually very, very old for a half-orc. Most of them, like, their, their upper expectancy of life is 75 years so he's he's pushing it and it shows in the fact that his once like vibrant green skin has taken on a bit of an ashy tone and his brown uh, his like dark brown hair has started it's not graying but it's like fading towards gray um, he carries a square iron cannibal and a straight-edged sword as well as a mighty longbow on his back the only visible item of clothing he's wearing is a, like, large, large, swathy kind of tattered cloak with, uh, orcish petroglyphs all over it that he wears over some layered wooden armor.
2: All right, uh, very cool. So, as it is, uh, if our moderator wants to start the timer, you've got one hour to get your spices back and prepare dinner on time before your entire bedtime routine gets thrown way off. hmm
1: yeah.
0: Alright, that is one hour on the clock, starting now.
2: Mm-hmm. Kaarag
1: rises. Is it is it morning now, or is it, like, evening? It's evening just So it's an hour dinner. before dinner. Yeah. Okay, well, okay. Well, it's an
2: hour before you would start to prepare dinner.
1: So it's actually probably, like, mid-afternoon,
2: though. Yeah, more or less.
1: Yeah. Um. Do I have... Yeah, so I was probably... So I've just completed some some training exercises. Um, Mm -hmm. Karg is a former soldier for a very noble and wise king, and he still maintains most of the entrapments and duties associated with that, despite the fact that his king is long dead. And so he was completing his daily drills, settled down to make his nightly meal after cleaning his weapon, and realizes that, ah, no, there's no spice for his mutton. Oh no. Um yeah, so I do I I assume I left my spice patch or spice pouch with my uh like with my gear, like with my cooking supplies?
2: Yes. It's all where your cooking supplies were would have been and if you'll check your supplies, nothing's missing but the spice pouch. Nothing's
1: missing. Does it look like ransacked?
2: Um It looks like someone went through in a hurry, but also, like, tried to preserve the organization of your system within reason, you know? It wasn't a Hmm. priority, but, like, they didn't want to just leave everything strewn about and a nightmare to clean up.
1: Yeah. Okay, interesting. So, mischief more than maliciousness. Um, perhaps. So, Karg, yeah, kneels down, he has his, he, like plants his cannibal, um, end down, and kneels so he can inspect. Hmm. Someone took my spice, he says. Indeed. He's gonna... Yeah, so where's the nearest, like, settlement?
2: Uh, nearest settlement would be about... For an average traveler it would probably be about like four and a half hours to the north because you'd be picking your way through the woods to get back up there.
1: Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Well, definitely too far to check that out before dinner. I'm gonna I'm gonna search for tracks. Are there tracks around?
2: Uh yeah, you wanna make me a perception investigation or nature roll of your choice? Um
1: I assume Insight would not work here. No,
2: the ground is not trying to hide anything from you.
1: <laughs> and that's what the ground thinks. <laughs> okay, that is a ten. A ten. Modified.
2: All right, yeah, yes. so, so you're walking around your campsite. Um, the earth is relatively harder here, so it's a bit difficult to pick things out, but towards one of the edges, you do see a sort of, like, deep pock marks in the dirt that have sort of filled in with soil. As if something with like long pointy legs, you know, was tapping its way through.
1: So it's not like a traditional footprint?
2: It's not like a dinosaur fossil footprint, no. It's more like...
1: But it doesn't- it doesn't look like a foot, it looks like a- like a poke. It's like
2: someone took a tent stake out of the ground. Hmm.
1: Interesting. Uh, do they do they lead off in a direction? They do. Or do I only find they one? Do. Ah, so I'll 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 follow them, yeah.
2: All right, yeah. You you follow them for like less than like 5 minutes when they enter the mouth of a large cave and pick their way up a wall hmm. and deeper into the cave. And as they like go up the wall transitioning to like stone, you can like see that they've actually kind of like broken into the stone and like left pick marks in it.
1: Okay, so they like, they they poked into the stone wall as well. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Kaarg is gonna is gonna stop at the mouth of the cave at first and just kind of ready his weapons and such. He was using the cannibal as a walking stick, like leaning on mm-hmm. it a little heavy before. He just finished his workout and all his joints are kind of angry at him right now, so he shifts it so it's actually being held in his hand and drags the tip behind him as he walks forward.
2: Okay, yeah. Your bow scrapes against the ground as you walk deeper into the cave. Uh, the gleam of the late afternoon sun fades, and torchlight flickers from deeper within while the air grows warm and humid. Alright, you proceed yeah. down the hallway, I assume? Mm-hmm. For now, yeah. All right, yeah. Um, As you walk further and further down, like, a soft chittering can be heard along with...
1: Actually, wait, sorry. Before I go any farther, do I have any, like, any remnant of my spices or, uh, like, spice pouch? Um... Or, like, something that it was kept near in my, uh... In my cooking supplies? Um,
2: depending- depending on, like, how you stored it. Yeah, like, definitely there would have been, like, some spices, like, powders, on the ground just from someone opening up the pouch to, like, check what was inside it, right?
1: Okay, yeah. So once I find the cave entrance, I'm actually gonna hurry back to the campsite. Okay. If that is okay. Yes, that's right. And I'm going to reach deep within the folds of my cloak. And to an observer, it would look as if I was reaching deep into pockets, but Karg's surprisingly deft fingers actually delve inside and start plucking at the strings on one of the petroglyphs. And as he unravels the signs that spell out dog in— uh, it would be actually be dwarvish script because orcs don't have their own right. written language— um, uh, it, it says Dog and Dwarvish whips, and as he unravels the long string and throws it out into the air, two mastiffs form out, of the, uh, form out of the strings and land in front of them.
2: Okay. Very cool casting flavor, by the way. You've got your string Thank mastiffs you. now.
1: Yeah, well, I think they're actually real mastiffs, but... You've got your
2: real mastiffs now.
1: Yeah, and I would like to ask them to track the scent.
2: All right, yeah, one of them, like, huffs the powders and kind of sneezes, and then... (laughs) Do your Mastiffs have, like, any kind of personality?
1: Um, he's actually... So Ka'arg has actually never met them before. Um, so he's gonna... He summons them, and he kneels down in front of them, and he holds out the, uh... He holds out the, like, collection of powders in his hands...
2: All right, yeah, they're they're clever Trap. enough to, like, Noble get your So, like, this, this dog sneezes and, like, nudges its friend, and they kind of plod off towards the direction of the cave.
1: He, uh... So he's never met these mm-hmm. dogs, but he does know whose they are, and so he, like, very reverently leads a hand, leaves a hand on one of them and thanks them both for their help.
2: Right, yeah. It's reassuring to you to touch this dog. Yeah. Alright, so you're going off into the cave then. Um, they head up to the I guess bend in the hallway that I mentioned previously. Soft, chittering, bubbling noises deeper within. And they they're about to turn the corner. Are you gonna do anything about that?
1: Um so they're just ahead of me in the cave. How much, how much farther ahead of me are they? That's up to you. Um I'm going to say that they, like, start... So we, we get to the cave, and the uh, the smell gets a little stronger, mm-hmm. and they get excited and start to run ahead. And as they get to the corner, uh, Ka'arg is going to whistle sharply and repeat. Uh, he, he basically barks out heel in Orcish right. to, to get them to walk with him instead. Yeah,
2: one of the dogs kind of, like, drifts a bit. ...around the corner as it scrabbles for purchase on the, like, wet stone, But, like, <laughs> yeah, it, like, spins around, and both dogs do plod back to you. But deeper in the cave, you can hear, like, a more frantic jittering, and, like... Yeah. S- ...sort of, like, sibilant whispering that's going back and forth between something inside.
1: As we walk forwards, I say to each of the dogs, uh... ...a careful step saves many lives.
2: Right, yeah, so you step around the corner, and you see this room. So a hot spring burbles up from beneath the center of it, Uh, the strange pockmarked holes gouge a path up the wall and into the next hallway. Four slimy figures stand in the middle of the spring, fire newts. Um, One is painted with flecks of gold, and they're all kind of in a state of disarray because each is like scrambling to equip its gear, you know, and put on its armor, grab its helmet, Grab a spear. The one with the gold painting on itself is taking a staff.
1: So they're using tools? Oh,
2: yeah. Absolutely.
1: Do I, do I know fire newts to be sentient?
2: Uh, yeah, it's reasonably common knowledge. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm going to... So I'm going to take, in like one motion, I'm going to remove my, uh, remove my cloak and throw it to the ground next to me. Um... He's revealing for the first time the full adornment of Ka'arg's armor. He's wearing slatted wooden armor, each slat lined with the fur of various animals. Um, He straightens his usually hunched back to his full 6'8", 280 pounds, and calls out to the Fire Newts. Thievery is the sign of cowardice. Who steals from Ka'arg?
2: Alright, so the, like, four fire newts kind of, like, freeze, and in unison, like, three of their heads swivel, and they, like, affix the gold-painted one with their, like, bulgy eyes, you know? And, like, kind of wait, and everyone's, like, kind of frozen for a moment, because this newts are—they they basically, like, come up no higher than your chest, right? And they all look pretty intimidated. Yeah. And then eventually the gold newt hisses out at you. Zo, so, another victim of the doctor. Well, it was not us who dared steal from you.
1: Aid me to right this wrong, then. And can I roll Persuasion with that?
2: Uh, yeah, sure.
1: So I'm going to use my Elegant Courier ability here and add my Wisdom modifier to this Persuasion check. Of course. So Ka'arg, with his ancient knowledge of court politics and the way of conveying many emotions with few words rolls a 15 after modification
2: all right yeah so the uh the gold's new has been like taking this moment to like commune with its fellow newts and like a uh, sibilant whispering that you can't really understand and then it like stops and like looks at you and it like takes you in recognizes that you're a samurai ha <laughs> ha and it says, um... Uh, <laughs> mm, yes. We too have suffered the m- imaginations of the evil Dr. Van Zelfish. Yes. <laughs> Normally, you would need to prove yourself before passing, but... We've all it. Watch out. Watch out. Be most aware. And the guy... Uh walks over to the back of the cave and unlocks this, like, black iron, like, fence, I guess, that's kind of sectioning off Mm -hmm. the back tunnel and, like, gestures to you, indicates that you can step through.
1: Noble deed deserves noble reward. And I'm going to— So as I— I pick up my cloak off the ground and once again reach into the folds as if I were reaching into a pocket, once again unwinding various threads and such, and this time— When I remove my hand, it is full of gold pieces, and I'm going to give them 50 GP.
2: Very kind of you. Alright, like, at this, the new is going to, like, straighten its back a bit more, like, in pride and also respect. And it, like, looks into your eyes for more or less the first time, because it's been pretty nervous up until now. And it introduces itself as the warlock of this tribe, and it's like, wait, wait, perhaps I should tell you a bit more about ze cave, uh, we, we used to grow living fungus, fungus, down there in the next room over, but, uh, ever since Dr. Van Zelfish moved in, we haven't really been brave enough to tend to it, so it might have gotten a bit sassy by now, but <laughs> you can use fire of which it is most afraid. We like, bobs its head at you and steps aside again.
1: Yeah, Ka'arg will simply nod his head and ready his cannibal. And as he leaves, he turns back to the uh, Fire New and locks eyes with it, and he says, You have aided me on my quest today, but know that if I should return and find you at fault, I will not hesitate and he leaves.
2: (laughs) Okay, yeah, you leave four nervous (laughs) newts behind you, and can I ask what's up with the mastiffs? Where are Um, they? Um,
1: I'm... Hmm, I'm gonna whistle and have one of them sit at this entrance and bring the other with me.
2: Um, okay. Your mastiffs are about as large as the newts, so they don't really move to interfere, but you can see that they're a bit hesitant to allow this dog to stay nearby but under the circumstances they'll permit it and you head farther in with your one remaining mastiff Mm-hmm. all right so a tunnel well lit by torchlight leads deeper into the cave the sound of rushing water can be heard um
1: Yeah, Ka'arg traces his hands over—his, uh, his free hand over the damp stone next to him. Mm Mhm. Uh, do you say it was lit or no?
2: Yeah, uh, this—this tunnel is still well lit by torches. They're, like, set into braziers into the walls.
1: As he walks, he—so he's tracing his hand along the wall, and once he comes across a brazier, he's gonna take the torch.
2: Alright, yeah. You yoink that torch it comes loose easily, you estimate that it's got, like, it's, it's like a piece of wood, like, with a cloth around it, a rag essentially soaked in something. Mm -hmm. But you observe it, and you can kind of estimate that it'll last you, like, another good, like, six hours.
1: Okay. Cool, yeah. Um, as I go, I'm also going to, so... This time, the petroglyph isn't in a place where I can reach it, as if it looks like I'm reaching into a pocket. So he's just, like, plucking at the strings on, like, right over his, uh, left breast. And, uh, he doesn't fully unravel it, but he gets it ready.
2: Right, yeah, plink plunking, I guess, bounces down the hallway (laughs) as you walk further in. And eventually you come to a wide, pretty cavernous room, and like a river goes all the way through the middle, left to right, and on this side of the bank you've got like torches you know going along both walls until they hit the river and then the far bank is dark.
1: Hmm. How far away is the far bank? Uh,
2: river is like- Approximately. It, it's pretty sizable actually. It's like a good 20-30 hmm, feet wide. There's like white frog okay. against so the Okay, so I can mm-hmm.
1: I can actually see the opposite bank then because I do have sixty foot dark vision.
2: yes. you oh, if you can see the opposite bank with clarity, dark vision treats dim light as normal light, correct?
1: The eternal meme. it treats it is as low light and I can't see color, yes.
2: okay. yeah, then you can actually see that there's like yet another tunnel on the far wall that goes deeper in. and against the wall you can see like braziers with torches set into the wall as well, but they are unlit.
1: Yeah. Um So what does the So the the river looks to be moving pretty quickly, right? Yeah,
2: it's like roaring.
1: Is there anything other th- that's not made of stone on the opposite uh on the opposite end?
2: Anything not made of stone? Um yeah. There's like silt in the like eddies like nearest to the shore but that's arguably still made of stone and of course you've got this torches (laughs) set into the walls yeah but nope everything is stone
1: oh so the the braziers are on uh things set into the wall though right yes okay i'm going to so kaarg looks at this for a little while and then sits down and meditates briefly and remembers a time where he was fighting for his king and they were backed up against a wall or a, a backed up against a cliff and they all thought they were you know this was going to be the end of it the mountain giants were closing in and instead they all took great ropes and threw them uh, to trees on the opposite side and swung down to a lower cliff face and lived to fight another day so he is going to take not the one he originally grabbed but a different thread and as he pulls this thread it actually just expands into a 50-foot rope and he's gonna make a loop of it and try and catch one of the braziers on the other side with the rope
2: okay Um, make me a thrown attack roll improvised weapon Uh, since you've done this before under duress I'll say you have proficiency
1: cool um so how how ex- what what actually are the rules for doing that? So then?
2: it's improvised. So it's 1d20 and it's thrown which is plus strength and since I'm giving you proficiency it's plus proficiency. So basically just make a thrown attack. Like if you've got a javelin it's okay. the same roll.
1: Yeah, I have hand axes. Yeah. Please. Same. Okay, that is a 10 after modification.
2: Yeah, you you cast your rope across the gap but you can't manage to hook one of the braziers hmm. it like falls into the water, um, and it's like kind of kind of a hassle actually like pulling the rope back out but you manage it
1: yeah okay okay yeah i'm gonna try one more time mm-hmm. if that is all right
2: it's quite all right
1: um yeah this time i'm gonna like soak the end in water a little bit to make the loop a little heavier and give me some weight and throw again. Okay. Ooh, nice. That's an 18.
2: Okay. Yeah, you managed to hook one of the braziers uh, quite handily. Oh, um, yeah.
1: I'm gonna... I'm mm-hmm. gonna... Oh, sorry. After I... After I catch it, I'm gonna kneel down and put my hand on the other mastiff's snout and I'm gonna say, Wait here, noble beast. And I'm gonna start pulling myself across the
2: river. Uh, alright, uh, you've- are you doing anything to anchor the rope on this side of the river as well?
1: Uh, are there braziers that I could tie it to on this side?
2: You said your rope was 50 feet long? Yes. Hmm, alright, let's see, river's 30 feet.
1: Gives me 10 feet on each side.
2: 10 feet on each side is kinda small, but I'll say you can do- hmm, hmm.
1: I know. I, I give the
2: other end to the Mastiff. <laughs> uh what's the Mastiff's strength score, do you happen to know?
1: Uh I actually don't have it, but
2: hmm. um, I think it's Here we'll treat it as the like CR18 Mastiff, which means it has 13 strength. Okay, that's not horrible. Mm-hmm. And this- so is this like a generic Mastiff then, or is it like some kind of holy Mastiff? I believe it okay. is, yeah. Y- you've got like a cloak of handy things or whatever it's called, don't you?
1: Yes. 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 A robe of useful items.
2: <laughs> I was basically right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright. So you're pulling yourself across the river quite quickly. You reach a point where your feet won't touch the ground. And I'm going to need hmm. an athletics check. From you, and then one from your Mastiff. And
1: then a Mastiff, yeah. Alright, so Athletics from my end is a... Ooh, that is a 22. Yes, quite well done. Can I can I consider the Mastiff... Uh, so it's not a special Mastiff, but it is a War Dog. Can I consider it trained in Athletics?
2: Yes, I would say a War Dog can be trained in Athletics.
1: Uh, this is in... Actually, what would its proficiency bonus be? What level is this dog?
2: Uh, we'll, since it's... Con- <laughs> rating one-eighth, it should have a plus two proficiency bonus.
1: Okay, so that would be... So it has strength of 13, that's plus one. Mm -hmm. So that's an 18 for the dog.
2: Alright. Incredibly, your dog like, it's a near thing for sure, but you're having no problem gripping the rope, but your dog's like, kind of, it takes a few steps down the bank, trying to resist the hold of the current. You know? But... (laughs) yeah your dog manages to pull through and you pull through quite all right and you manage to rope yourself over hand over hand
1: yeah kaarg thanks his king for the gift and walks down the other tunnel right kind of picking up the pace too his his stomach's starting to rumble true
2: true you're a soggy boy
1: yeah and kaarg very much values his meals you know he's a half-orc
2: of course Right, yeah, so you're standing on the other bank of the river now, picking up a pace, you're proceeding down the tunnel at, we'll say, a fast walk, yeah? Mm-hmm. Right.
1: yeah. Um, I will also say that as a soldier, it is completely unacceptable for him to mess up his routine.
2: Mm, I bet, yeah.
1: So he, he is truly, like, he's starting to get a little peeved that he's having to go through this much effort for his spices.
2: Oh, quite understandable. <laughs> <laughs> and this hallway you will notice is quite dark, pitch dark in fact, but your dark vision manages to make it dim so you can still see. Yeah. Uh, the air is still warm and still humid, but now an earthy scent wafts from deeper within and the floor is webbed with something like vines. Oh, uh
1: mm-hmm. Can we can we go back? We didn't address what happened to the lit torch, which would have been an issue.
2: Uh presumably um, you have to either like just leave it on the bank or, I was gonna it say, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, what's up?
1: I was gonna say, can I throw it across? Can you
2: throw it across? Can you? Let's yeah. see. I'll say a lit torch is only slightly, like, more difficult to throw than a hand axe. And you can toss a hand axe something like 60 feet, no problem. So yeah, go
1: Yeah, on. okay. I will toss it across and hope that it stays lit. Um... <laughs> do it just do, like, an even-odd?
2: Even-odd sounds good, yeah. Roll, uh, evens, it stays lit. Pods, it goes out
1: all right rolling us D6 that is a6 right, lit
2: and it's lit too awesome you have a torch <laughs> this hallway is not yeah
1: so I'm gonna mm-hmm. continue holding the torch I'm not gonna light the other ones but I'm gonna keep mine
2: okay yeah um let's see where were we yes the floor is webbed with something like vines and blobs of vegetation begin to line the walls um
1: I'm gonna, like, reach down and pick, like, pick at some of the vines and kind of rub it between my fingers.
2: Right, yeah, it...
1: I assume I'm strong enough to just, like, crush it, you know? Oh, yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, it's, like, strange powdery rubbery at first, but then it, like, kind of loses its integrity, and it's definitely got, like, a powdery feel to it. So can you roll me, uh, Investigation or Nature, please?
1: Sure, I, w- I will roll... Can I roll insight?
2: (laughs) It's, uh, once again, not telling you any lies.
1: That's, uh, that's
0: a 19. That's just what it wants him to think.
2: (laughs) That's a what? Sorry. 19. 19. Alright, yeah. Um, this is not vine, it's mycelium. Oh. Mm -hmm. Uh, I taste it. Okay. Are... Are you sure you want to taste the mycelium?
1: Yes.
0: Do a trip sack. (laughs)
2: Uh, all right, you, you go ahead and you put it on your tongue, and uh, how much are you tasting here? Like, is it just, like, a dab, or are you, like, snorting it?
1: I was—I—so, I pick up, like, enough to fit between, like, my, my index and middle finger and then my thumb, and, like, crush it into dust between my calluses, and I have pretty big fingers, and then I basically, like, I lick whatever's on my pointer finger off.
2: You lick your pointer finger. Okay, okay, that's quite all right. Yeah. Can you make me a con save, please?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty good at those. Um, I get plus 8 to those. Ooh, that's a 14.
2: Okay, yeah. You're gonna take 1d8 poison damage right here, and suffer no other consequences. All right. It it's leaves like an acrid Burning on your tongue that doesn't feel very good at all, but it goes away.
1: Does it taste okay? Is it like, is it like good burn spice or like?
2: Once, once you like power through like the actual like burning sensation of like some kind of like reaction, it's it's got like an interesting like taste that falls somewhere between sweet and bitter, and it reminds you of like a soup you had once in a land far mm-hmm. to the north.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna seven damage. Okay, sweet. Uh, I go to one seventeen. Uh and Jesus fuck, I'd forgotten to look at your head points. <laughs> um yeah, I'm gonna take my hand axe and cut like a square like like a six inch square of this stuff off the ground and pocket it.
2: Alright, yeah. You do it.
1: And then I'm actually gonna like pull put on a light jog down the tunnel.
2: Put on a light jog? All right.
1: Yeah, just uh...
2: as you pass by one of the like larger fruiting bodies of the fungus, like you manage to see it like quivering with something like anticipation, like maybe half a second before it explodes and covers you in spores. Could I get another con save, please? Sure.
1: That is a natural twenty.
2: Woo. Okay. Um, you're gonna take.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a picture <laughs> of this one.
2: Congratulations. Yeah, you're going to take half of 8d6 poison damage, so that's a fireball of poison (laughs) from Blake, please.
0: So, 4d6, or
1: should I roll 8d6 Uh, and half of
2: it? 8d6 and half it. You roll,
1: yes, yes, it's numerically halved, Mm -hmm. not dice halved.
2: In the timeline where Alex fails that save, they take the full 8d6 and suffer, you know,
1: other things. Some other stuff? Yeah
2: as a treat.
0: So, full is 28, you take 14. Okay.
1: Yeah. Karg is instantly, like, blinded by the spray of spores that fills, like, his mouth and nose, and he doesn't, like, fall to his knees, but he puts his hand on the wall and, like, (laughs) (coughs) (sighs) 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 And and he collects himself for a second. And then torches what's left of the spore thing with his torch.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's accurate. It burns. Um, the, the air is still a bit damp, so you manage to, like, torch this particular, like, fruiting body, you know? You put it to the torch. But
1: it's not gonna catch the whole, yeah. uh... It yeah. burns down to the ground I figure.
2: to spread across.
1: Yeah, he's gonna... So he's gonna... He's gonna transition. Can I roll for, like, a. Would it be perception if I want to, like, move with purpose, but keep my torch outstretched in front of me and just burn any of these things as I come across them?
2: Um, they're not, like, hidden or camouflaged. Like, if your goal is to just burn every single one of the fruiting bodies, and I'll say that there are maybe, like, two dozen that you can see in range in front of you, then, yeah, okay, that's that's free, but it'll take you, like, I don't know, 10 minutes if you're gonna have such thoroughness
1: okay can i can i roll to like to speed that up with the thoroughness
2: um like what are you doing to speed that up are you like hitting it really fast with a torch are you like so i'm actually
1: gonna i'm gonna channel some uh sword exercises and a lot of the training that he did uh it's very similar to, like, real-life kendo, where you move backwards and forwards in straight lines while doing strikes. So he's gonna get into his sword-fighting stance and just advance down the hallway while striking, like, right and left with the torch.
2: Ah, I see. Like, there's, like, machete explorers, but, like, with a torch. Yeah, exactly. Um...
1: A little disappointed.
0: For a second, I was imagining you just, like, striding up and down the hall, whacking everything,
1: screaming men the whole time. <laughs> Basically.
2: <laughs> uh... Man,
1: I, f- I love Canada.
2: <laughs> Perfect. Okay, yeah. Um, I'll let you speed that up. Um, your background is giving you some kind of benefit here, right? Let's say, yeah, nature I, I with am a soldier. to do this efficiently. Okay.
1: Uh, first one rolled from natural 20 to
2: 8,
1: <laughs> <Unfortunate>. <laughs> and the second one was a 9. That's hilarious. <laughs> All, right, you, you, All right, but then I add, uh, so that's a un- that's a modified 10.
2: Okay, it's not particularly efficient, in fact it's kind of inefficient, but your enthusiasm makes up for the difference and it takes you 10 minutes anyways.
1: That's fair. I'll i will accept that, yeah. And, you know, he likes doing it this way. He's like, at least I'm getting some practice in while I'm fetching this.
2: Of course, of course.
0: Do you want me to drop time off the clock,
1: or...? Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, Yeah,
1: I think it's ten minutes was. mm -hmm. Carga
2: is losing ten minutes before his routine is out of sync.
1: Alright. What's at the end of this hallway here? This
2: hallway. Alright, yeah, so it like opens up into a room and it's pretty much like an overgrown like cave. Somewhere between cave and cavern in terms of size. In the absence of the fire newts, the fungus has actually developed a life and civilization of its own. It's also kind of hostile to you, and you can see, like, small fungal men, like, hissing, screeching at you before, like, stepping back and fading into, like, walls of, like, yellow-green flesh.
1: Worth
0: noting, you got about 15 minutes left on the
1: clock. Karg is gonna... Karga's getting pretty pissed off now. He's gonna- the- the patch he prepared Mm -hmm. earlier, he's gonna rip off his chest. It is a, uh, it is a lamp filled with oil, and he's gonna dump the oil across his cannabow and light it on fire.
2: Okay, you have a flaming cannabow.
1: And he is just gonna let out an orcish bellow of rage and charge this fungal civilization.
2: Alright, yeah, so, so they are utterly <laughs> unprepared- Well, no, they're like kind <laughs> of nice. like, I heard you burning your way through the hallway. But yeah, so you can see like, maybe like, 15 of these- They're vege pygmies, so I'm gonna call them Veggie pygmies. Got it. Like, fungal men like, screech, and like, run like, away from you, and like, five of them, like, step forward with a chief. And they're like, facing you down in the middle of their burning village, and the chief is like, gesturing at you. But, and like letting off clouds of spores, but like you can't really understand it beyond some kind of, you know, anger.
1: Is this uh, is this an actual attack, or am I just stomping them?
2: Um, they're they're like all like gesturing and like letting loose spores and like shaking their fists at you, and the chief like kind of reaches into one of the like mounds of fungi and like pulls out a spear that forms itself from mycelium in his fist. But this is them trying to like scare you off.
1: Okay, no, I'm just gonna burn the place down as I run through.
2: All right, yeah, they're actually unwilling to fight you because you've set everything on fire, and they hit fire. So, yeah, as you, like, step closer with your, like, huge flaming spiky club. If I remember Kanaba right? hmm Okay.
1: It's, uh, yeah, so his is square.
2: Right, right. It's the only feature. unique thing about it. hmm yeah, yeah, they, like, scatter as you grow closer and, like, run off into the darkness. Of the next tunnel all right you've burnt your way through the fungal village Mm-hmm. and do you want to proceed further down yeah all right yeah as you walk like you like see about like half the village at, he's
1: he's not he's not walking he's continuing his full-on charge Alright,
2: you're you're sprinting down the tunnel then and like pressed up against the walls yeah. you see like different frightened veggie pygmies who are like Unwilling.
1: I'm also gonna use a charge of Fighting Spirit, Mm -hmm. uh, which gives me advantage on my next attack, and I get 10 temporary HP.
2: Yeah, like, like I said, the Veggie Pygmies are pressed against the wall, but, like, what- as you're, like, passing the Chief, recognizing him, he's, like, he- he, like, runs further than anyone else, first of all, but, like, he recognizes that your speed is inherently higher than his, and, like, steps back to let you pass, you know? but, like, as you charge past him, like, he does reach out and, like, try to land a swipe onto you with his spear.
1: Uh, I will... Can I just... Yeah, I'm just gonna crush him against the wall as I run past with the cannibal.
2: Okay, yeah. Um, attack roll, please.
1: That is a natural 20 with the first one. And an 8 with the second, because advantage.
2: Okay, yeah. So, nat 20. This guy stabs you for 9 piercing damage with his fungal spear and then you proceed to you said 18 piercing damage
1: uh no i 8 was the second roll cuz i have uh-huh. advantage and it deals uh so it's advantage so i double the dice so it's
2: 4d6 5d6 cuz i'm an orc though
1: yeah, yeah. so i deal 5d6 4 cuz i'm an orc cuz i get savage attacks
2: okay yeah i'll give you another 5d6 of fire cuz your clubs on fire <laughs>
1: Uh, we're at, we're, yeah, so that's like 20 plus, we're, we're like over 40 damage. Okay. I'm
2: gonna stop yeah, rolling. you need a 33 to put this chief down, and he is weak to fire too, or they're weak to fire, I should say. Yeah, so you hulk this chief against the wall, and there's like another explosion of spores too, but they all go up in fire before they can really menace you. All right. And you're there. The Flaming Ruin wreck of the chief slides down the wall.
1: I'm gonna grab it. Okay,
2: yeah, the other pygmies, like, flee chittering, like, back towards the burning village. You grab-
1: Yeah, I, I just run forward holding the body of the chief in front of me.
2: Alright, you run forwards with the body of the chief in front of you. Um, as you keep sprinting down this tunnel, uh, torches once again begin to light the walls, and you come up to a large nautical wheel-type door. It's like a hatch with like a sailing ship. Wheel. I pull.
1: Right. I reach. This is going to be a weird one. I reach into the folds of my mm-hmm. cloak. I remove.
2: Oh, also, there's like what a appears to be mat on the ground. Okay. Yeah. You, you remove. Mm.
1: I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull. I, I remove a square of string and I push it onto the wall, and a two by four by two hole appears in the uh, the door, and I walk through.
2: Okay. Yeah, you slap that. Wait, is that is
0: that the window? Because the hole is. No, uh, it's, it's the window. The yeah. Pit.
1: Okay. The the pit is ten foot cubed. Yeah. All
2: right. Thanks for tracking that, by the way, Blake. <laughs> I do not know everything yeah. in the.
0: I, I've had. Yeah, I've had your session
2: notes and his character. Yeah, I can I can see cross referencing. So thank you. I'm running out of time. Yeah. Let's you go. you step through the door. Um, you step over the welcome mat. So you like pass through your window that you've created in this door that you did not open (laughs) (laughs) and you come across a large very large surprised lobster yeah um in the back of this room there's a lobster-shaped robot suit and there are bookshelves and there's like a lobster-shaped dog bed for lobsters
1: so the Ka'arig has, has, is kind of like raging now. He's not a barbarian, but he's got that orcish fighting spirit in him. Mm -hmm. So his, his mental faculties aren't all there. He just goes, SPICES!
2: All right. And the the lobster like kind of screams and like makes for the robot suit. And he's like, oh my God. Oh my God. This is, this is horrible. (laughs) And he's just scuttling. Can I roll
1: initiative? Um, yeah, sure. (laughs) Initiative, please. That is a 13.
2: A 13? Okay. Mhm. Alright. And our lobster actually did roll a natural 20 on initiative.
1: Oh my god.
2: <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> so as their action, they're going to scuttle over to their robot suit and climb into it, and the whole thing seals with like the hissing of steam and some like, clanking mechanical noises. It's like a 10x10 10 10 robot suit. Ah. Uh, okay. Alright. Convenient. I am...
1: as my action, I'm going to run up to him... <laughs> ...and throw a 10 x 10 by 10 hole at his feet.
2: Does this hole lead somewhere, or is it like 10 feet down?
1: Nope, it's just a 10... it's a 10-foot cube
2: pit. Alright, you- you kinda like pizza- like spin it and like throw it under his feet and... ...hmm, make me once again a ranged attack roll for that, please.
1: That is a. I assume I'm not proficient, yeah. so that is a 15. A
2: 15. All right. Um, I'm gonna give him a dex save against this, and that is an right. 11. Yeah. All right. So like the robot suit like kind of lurches to the side and almost makes it, but then the pit like opens up and like half the robot lobster like falls into the pit, and the other half follows, and now you've got a prone robot lobster suit, in a pit. Mm-hmm. And like just sticking I'm out the trying to of the get tunnel, up. Boy oh boy. Got, like, antenna.
1: Attacks of opportunity.
2: Okay. And that's your action. And
1: mm-hmm. right, this
2: robot suit is going to spend half its movement getting up. And then it's gonna try and climb out of the pit, you know, and you can see now that the pin points in the ground were from like its metal legs stabbing in it's... to the ground uh... to climb. So like with some like clanks, it manages to get out of the hole, and then it snaps you with a claw.
1: Uh, do I get a—it's it, coming up from being prone, though, so I get an opportunity attack, right?
2: Um, yeah, like, we'll assume you stepped up to the edge of the pit. Yeah, as it, mm-hmm. like, maneuvers its way out of the pit's space, you can have an attack of opportunity as it, like, makes that awkward 90-degree transition.
1: I will also use my bonus action to trigger fighting Spirit a second time.
2: Oh, it's, this is back on your turn, then? before this happens you can only bonus action oh, on your turn.
1: uh that's true can can i have them yes done of that? course okay so i roll that is a natural 20
2: okay you slap it as it comes out
1: yeah and i deal 5d6 plus 4 so that's 3 9 uh 15 18 23 27 okay oh and i get a bonus attack action because i crit and i have great weapon mastery so i get to attack it again
2: um i don't think that happens oh no that's a bonus action so that would be on my
1: turn you're right you're right
2: also where are you getting 5d6 from sorry blake can pause
1: uh so maul uh
0: 2d6 plus four double plus one damage die on
1: yeah because
2: oh you crit again
1: savage attacks.
2: Okay, okay yeah sorry proceed
1: yeah, and then the Great Weapon Mastery bonus attack is triggered on crits.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, but on your turn. Alright, so this guy finishes climbing out of the pit and misses you with the first swipe of the clock, comes back with a second, and bops you for 10 bludgeoning damage.
1: Uh, that is just gets eaten by my temp HP. Alright, back to you. Yeah, I'm going to— So as it, like— he swings at me, and it, like, just bounces off my armor, and I'm going to... I, I'm just gonna take a... Just, like, big ol', like, straight behind the back, and as hard as I can over his head, and I'm gonna use my Great Weapon Master minus 5 to hit for a plus 10 okay. damage. Aww. I rolled a 2. <laughs> so that is a... So I get... I get a 5.
2: Uh, that is not quite going to hit, and it bounces right off the brassy carapace of the lobster.
1: Yeah, that is my turn.
2: Uh, 10th level? fighter should have multiple attacks, I think.
1: Oh, you're right, I forgot. I, I- yeah, I haven't played a martial character in a long time. I'm gonna swing it up again and do the same thing. So the first one bounces mm-hmm. off, and I'm just gonna reholster it and let fly.
2: <laughs> Not one. All right. Yeah, that's, that's gonna do it. You like, you like fumble your weapon and like drop it, and you kind of stare into like the Robo Lobster's eyes for a hot sec, and like bend down to pick mm-hmm. it up.
1: Actually, can I action Surge instead? Yes, you can. <laughs> All right, third time's the charm, baby. We're going for the minus five to hit for plus ten damage. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he, it bounces off a second time. Can I say that? It like. Dents it a little, but also sends like one of those really annoying shocks up his arm where he, like you, where you hit metal with a metal hammer, yes. and he, it really yeah. pisses him off.
2: The vibration is so uncomfortable. So he rolls
1: again. He rolls a nine. So minus five is four, plus eight is twelve.
2: That's not gonna do it against this lobster.
1: All right. That is fine. Yeah. He takes his three attacks.
2: It's four attacks, because you're taking the full attack action with action oh, surge.
1: Oh! I I have I don't think I've ever played a fighter in 5e. Um, this time I'm not doing the minus 5 to hit, and I get a 12 again, though, so it does not matter.
2: Alright, that was truly unfortunate. And, like, the lobster, like, sees you, like, fail at it four swings in six seconds, failing to land a hit, and a voice comes through, modulated by speakers, and it's like, uh everything okay over there why are you doing this and it like kind of like rocks back and kind of like tries to back away from you maybe like f- create 15 feet mm-hmm. of space
1: okay um so it backed away I get another opportunity attack right yes you
2: do if you choose to take it it's like trying to disengage presently I will okay
1: absolutely um that is an 18.
2: Alright, that is going to hit.
1: That is 2d6 plus 4 is 9 damage.
2: Alright, you pump 9 damage into this lobster shell. Alright, yeah, so like, as you take the attack of opportunity and hit it, this thing manages to create its 15 feet of space and seems resolved to finish this fight. And kind of hits you with... A huge jet of lightning. And can you make me a dexterity Ooh. saving throw, please?
1: Yes. And something I forgot to use earlier is if I fail this, I can retry it because I am indomitable. Yes. But I got a 15 minus 1. I get a 14.
2: Oof, you needed a 15, my guy. Do you choose to re-roll that?
1: I, I will re-roll that, yeah. Go ahead. Nope. That was a 7.
2: Unfortunate. All right, you- i are be- going to take 51 lightning damage from this.
1: All right. So I go down to... 52. You're bleeding. So, strictly speaking,
0: we are out of time, but this is also combat, combat like, so... every round
2: is like 10 seconds. If we
0: wanted to... Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, if we wanted to stretch okay. this a little okay, bit. Okay, so
2: we'll say-
1: we'll say that, like, at the end of this fight will be the conclusion of the, uh... the hour kind of thing. Okay.
2: That sounds fine. Like, one yeah. way or another. hmm Okay. And, like, as this, like, spark of lightning, like, pulses into you, the lobster, like, kind of, like, settles down in its chassis, and there's, like, a hiss of steam and vents as it tries to repressurize or something. And that's its turn.
1: Yeah. Karg is just gonna—so he takes the Blast of Lightning, and it, you know, it, it sends burns all along him. I imagine it singes parts of his armor and stuff, mm-hmm. too. Um, and he is just going to scream in pain and once again charge this, uh, charge this lobster thing. All right, he reengage. Uh Yep, so first I'm gonna use Fighting Spirit again, so I have advantage on my first okay. attack. Um, so first attack is, I rolled a 15 or a 9. The 15 adds 8 for a, uh, oh, I should have done the minus 5 on this one. That's fine. Um, 23 to hit.
2: Yep, that's a hit. Fighting Spirit is also all attacks, not first attack.
1: Ah, oh, so I will do the minus 5 on the next okay. one. Though. So that's 13 damage from the first attack. Mm-hmm. And the next roll was an eleven or a fourteen, so fourteen minus five is a nine plus eight is seventeen.
2: All right, yeah, you give it two big cracks of the Kanbo, and oil like blood begins to pour down the side of the lobster. and
1: yeah, the second attack dealt twenty three damage.
2: oh, okay, yeah, like I said, it's bleeding blood. I mean bleeding oil
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's bleeding blood.
2: <laughs> <Goodness>. Hey, Shakespeare <laughs> actually said something like that. And like everyone let him do it. I believe it. it.
1: Shakespeare Shakespeare said a lot of shit. Yeah.
2: Anyways. Um Okay. so you deal it two snaps of the cannibal, and then this thing gives you two whacks of its claws. Uh Alright, I hadn't checked armor class previously, but what is it now?
1: Uh, it is sixteen. All right, one
2: of those claws is going to hit you and deal twelve bludgeoning damage. All right, and the lobster rocks in its chase. Cha- chases? Chases?
1: chase chassis? 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 Uh Also, ten of that got absorbed by my temp hit points. Of course,
2: yeah, you soak it, and it rocks in its like. Sorry, chassis again. Chassis again. Trying to repressurize, but doesn't quite manage it. It's up to you.
1: All right. Um. Kind of a so weird rules question. Does compelled duel give me any advantages in the fight? It just forces them to fight. Me, yeah, right? they
2: have to like save if they want to fight anything else. But nope. So yeah,
1: um, I'm just gonna whack them. Okay. Um, this time. I'm going to expend a profici- a proficiency die. Um and use a pushing attack.
2: Oh, a superiority dice. To...
1: Superiority or dice, neither. yes, sorry. Okay, yeah, you're good. Yes, yes. I I am a martial adept. Um so when I if I hit so if I hit, sorry, I'm gonna do that. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's how Correct. this works. Um, so first one, I first attack is a seventeen to hit. Yes, you're good. Um, and I will expend my superiority die. He has to make a DC 16 strength save, or be pushed 15 feet back.
2: Alright, that is going to be a strength save. With a 9, it is not going to quite do it.
1: Alright, so he takes, uh, 12 damage, and flies back 15 feet.
2: Alright, he takes the 12 damage from your impact, and is stopped by one of his own bookshelves and flies back 10 <laughs> feet and we'll say the last five feet gets pumped into another five damage onto him
1: i was gonna say he do i get an opportunity attack for him leaving no, my because
2: reach? it's not a movement coming from his movement That's yeah fair. you need something like <laughs> dissonant whispers in 5e for that all right
1: moving um on. uh second attack yeah
2: all right you close the distance again this lobster is rattled from the cascade of books so i'm giving you advantage
1: sick i'm gonna take the minus five all right so that first one is a nat one
2: i'm sorry to hear it
1: (laughs) the second one is a 14 minus five is nine plus eight is 17
2: 17 is going to connect again
1: all right so that is four seven damage off the table plus 14 is 21 damage
2: all right this thing looks like three or four good hits are gonna put it down Alright. Okay. This thing manages to, like, shake off the blear of the books, and it, like, screeches, MY BOOKS! MY RESEARCH! MY JOURNALS! (laughs) And it is going to take another...
1: Yeah, in response, Ka'arg just yells, SPICES!
2: (laughs) And it, like, yells JOURNALS right back, as it, like, tries to slam into (laughs) you with the bulk of its body, and somehow manages to miss the half-orc with a 10 by 10 lobster. Alright. It's your turn, nice.
1: Yeah, Um, I'm just gonna just gonna swing at him. I will. Yeah, I'll take the minus five. He's getting pretty pissed off and feeling lucky. Okay. That is not a hit on the first one. Roll to three.
2: Oof, unfortunate.
1: Yeah, following that, he is going to wisen up a little. He's not going to take the minus five on the next one. So he takes a big, like, another big overhead slam attack. Full-on misses. It just hits the (laughs) ground. And he kind of... He pivots to his right and just uses the pivoting motion to swing the tip of his cannon bow into the thing's face. With a
2: 25. Yes, that's definitely a hit.
1: For... Ah! Off the table again. 12 damage.
2: Okay, yeah. Your upswing clobbers it, and it like rears back into the air, and then as it's like falling down, it immediately tries to slam and fall onto you with its bulk, connecting this time for twelve budgeting damage, and it's your turn again.
1: Okay. So I am down to thirty-eight. Yeah, Karg is starting to like pant a little, and had definitely. I actually don't know if he's bleeding because most of the damage was from the lightning, which would have just burned him. Oh uh, yeah. But he's I like. I say bleeding when things. He's got, got burns like, over. Health,
2: but like you. You can, like, be yeah. visibly hurting.
1: Yeah, he's, like, he's, I'd say, like, his left arm is, like, 60% covered in burns kind of thing. Like, he's not looking mm-hmm. great. Um, He comes in, rolls a 14 off the bat for the first attack. Not yeah, going to do it. Um, he's gonna, he's actually gonna second wind as well All right. Um, as part of this action. That's a bonus action. So he's gonna take, he's gonna gain 12 HP back goes back up to
2: 50 to honored 1d 10 is sad okay
1: um <laughs> Go on. and swing for a second attack which will be a 15
2: also doesn't connect sorry sorry
1: all right yeah so he takes so he takes like a like a uppercut swing which misses and tries to turn it into a diagonal swipe which also misses but he like got his feet back underneath him and has like replanted his stance all
2: right Good to hear it. Yeah, this thing's nose has been absolutely bashed in, and, like, one of its sides is, like, very much caved deeply in as well. Like, it cannot be comfortable to be inside this robot suit at this point. Mm-hmm. It, like, lurches forward and, like, tries to ram its bashed-in nose into you once more, but misses. And it's your turn. Ooh, can I do
1: something? So, would this thing be considered a building? Um... It's not a building, but you can call it yes, a structure. I was
0: hoping you'd do this. A construct. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna... So, it's looking pretty beat mm-hmm. up, right? Yeah. I'm going to attempt to climb up, like, between its shoulders where it can't reach me.
2: Okay, yeah. It's got, like, short arms and, like, long spindly legs that can't really pivot up there. Yeah. Okay,
1: can you... Okay, so, uh, would that be... What would... Can, I, can I make that athletics? Uh... So he's—so to describe this, he's gonna—he's gonna drop his cannibal. Okay. He's gonna drop his shoulders and charge in, like, a rugby tackle. Okay. Grab the thing around the waist. Or does it have, like, ridges along the it back? It It's got plating. So he—he gra- runs in, grabs onto that plating, and just, like, wrenches himself around the robot, and then climbs up its back.
2: All right, yeah. Um, athletics, please.
1: That is a 18.
2: All right, yeah, you reach up there, no problem.
1: All right. E. Is that my action?
2: Uh, yeah, uh, it's going to, like, make an athletics check to contest you. Like, I'm treating this as basically, um, what do you call it, grappling? Grappling, yeah. yeah. And it yeah. manages a 6, which is not going to do it.
1: No. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so Karg reaches up onto his back to grab the largest of the petroglyphs, and as he unravels the two strings, he pulls a portable battering ram off of the cloak on his back. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, that is his action,
2: though. I want to say it's technically an item interaction, but the grappling itself is an action. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, okay. Fair okay. Enough. Yeah. So this robot is going to make an athletics check to try and get you off.
1: Yeah. So now he's like right where the neck meets the shoulders, and he's got his legs like wrapped around its neck. He's not choking it, obviously, because it can't breathe. But mm-hmm. that's what he would be doing, yeah. you know.
2: And its roll is not going to be enough to dislodge you. Oh, can I actually? I'm. Um,
1: I would argue as well that I have advantage on these grapples, because the army he used to fight was mountain giants. So he's, like, very used to fighting things bigger than him.
2: Um, I wouldn't say that, like, competence against a species or even, like, a specific build grants advantage against things of that morph forever. Oh, uh,
1: that's a good point as well, because that's also a specific ranger ability. Mm. Like, I, I would not claim to just have preferred enemy, so, mm-hmm. fair.
2: Alright, yeah, so
1: regardless that's what he's thinking of course, of course. <laughs> that's how he knows how to do this <laughs>
2: <laughs> right and that actually brings it back around to your oh this thing like sinks down servos were oh my god we're gonna talk about this thing's roles after but yeah servos <laughs> were nothing <laughs> happens it's your turn
1: yeah, he's just gonna slam the ram down where its skull meets the neck of the creature. Okay. Like, basically, like, basically a curb stomp, but it's standing up instead of being held upside down, of you know? Nice. He's trying to knock its head off. hmm Um, would this be an attack or, like, an athletics check? It'd be an attack because I'm using it as, like, structure damage, right?
2: Um, uh, yeah. Let's see. I'm gonna... S- I'm gonna treat your improvised batting ram as a ring of the ram. Or does it have its own attack roll associated?
1: Uh... You can use a portable ram to break down doors. When doing so, you gain a plus four bonus on the strength check. Uh, One other character can help you use the ram, giving you advantage. So I don't have the advantage, but I get... So can I use it as, like, not an attack, but I'm effectively attempting to break down the door of his armor? Yeah,
2: no, that's quite all right. And I'm going to yeah. call that athletics again
1: okay um so do I get the plus four because it's the ram
2: plus four but yes you do
1: so I get plus 11 to this okay that is a 16
2: all right and just to clarify are you like bashing in this thing's like head plate you know and like crushing the lobster inside or are it-
1: no I'm like trying to break the head off the armor
2: Oh, the entire, like, head of the lobster suit.
1: Yeah, so he's, like... So presumably there's, like, some, like, ceiling ring or joint where the head meets the rest of it so it can look back and forth. Mm-hmm. And he's hitting, like, away from the body at that joint at the ba- at the base of the skull.
2: Okay, yeah. That sounds good. Um, You said 16 on athletics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, roll me nature as well, like, for, like, the anatomy... ...of lobster robots.
1: Sure. Can I roll insight? <laughs> <laughs> no, but
2: you'll say that your giant days do give you proficiency with this, because you know how to target joints.
1: Um, so that is a 15 without proficiency, and a 19 with.
2: Alright, yeah, you manage to, like, slam this thing's head off, but there's, like, a sickening, like, crunch sound, because, like, as the head of the metal robot breaks and dislodges and slams down, the, like, actual lobster inside of it kind of like stops it with the base of its own neck and like gets crushed instead so there's like some resistance at the end and like the smell of like lobster insides fills the room and the robot i'm like going to as
1: well. frantically look around for my all right, spices. Yeah,
2: your spice pouch is sitting on a table next to some lab equipment
1: all right i season the lobster with the spices and my mycelium and enjoy him
2: all right, it, it is a very, very, very handily spiced lobster. Um, it tastes great. Uh, you, you can. Uh, can I, can I roll to cook it? Absolutely, roll me nature for cooking. Can I make that survival? Yes, roll me survival for cooking. That makes more sense actually.
1: That is a fifteen.
2: All right. Um, I'll give you proficiency on it too if you aren't already.
1: I am not. So that is a
0: nineteen. Yeah. Okay. So, what, you use the suit to make a nice lobster oh, bisque? Oh yeah, I
1: cook, him in the, I cook him in the helmet, that's perfect. Alright. Yeah, I, I so what I do is I, I take a bunch of his books and his research, and I make like a bonfire in the middle of the room, mm-hmm. and I plop the helmet down on top of that, and use it as a cook pot with the spices and the corpse of the chief dude as, like, to make the stock. Um, and then boil him in it and eat him. All
2: right, it's just about the that best lobster delicious. bisque you've ever had. Um, yeah Yeah if you want to turn that into a short rest We'll give you like an additional like 2d10 hit points on top But since you do have your spice patch back And since you have had dinner in time I think we can say that You have in fact completed the session successfully
1: Yeah he's gonna So he, he gets his meal and he's like oh, Right on time He takes a short rest Recharges all of his abilities And then just beats his way out again Collecting his dogs And goes back <gasps> to his camp
2: all Right yeah you like rampage to the village, you greet the fire nudes on the- your way out, they're like, Oh my god, thank you so much. You collect your dogs. Did they
1: treat the dog okay?
2: Uh they they basically like ignored your dogs. They didn't have okay, like the that's gumption acceptable. pet spot to approach the dog, you know? So they just kinda like yeah. let it be there. Gave it like bulgy-eyed glances of concern. <laughs>
1: As I go back, I whisper the command words and re-weave my various items back into my cloak. Alright,
2: yeah, you manage to put everything back into your cloak, too. Nothing has been lost permanently. Awesome. Alright, you make it back to camp in time to finish the rest of your routine, and you are a happy camper. Yeah,
1: he does a four-hour meditation after every dinner, which is why he has to eat so early.
2: Makes sense, makes sense.
1: And boy, does he need the meditation after that encounter. <laughs> All right. But we're getting into post-show discussion. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And nice. Thank you, everybody. It's been a really good
2: time. Mm-hmm.
1: In addition to our three GMs, I would like to give a big thank you to Lyrica Yanaway and Casey Ahern, our editor and manager. I would also love to give a huge shout out to Dana Bulger for being our additional outside help in the editing sphere. As for our logo, if you'd like how that looks and boy is it snazzy, you can find a link in our description to the awesome artist who created it. As always, thanks for tuning in and happy adventures.